Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Center Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 800-411-2663, 1-800-411-BOND, or you can email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and I can respond today. Good morning, everybody. Happy Labor Day, by the way. You knew that today was Labor Day? I mean, tomorrow, I guess. Tomorrow. What is Labor Day? I'm sorry? A military <laughs> holiday? Not so close. Don't put it in a mouth. Just <laughs> a military, uh, like a... Labor Day is a military holiday? Yeah. It is? We celebrate uh, troops. Oh. Or a war. That's Memorial Day. That's what Labor Day is about? You don't need to respond, Mr. Mike, man. <laughs> what, is uh, what is Labor Day? Huh? I can't hear you. I don't know what it is. But we celebrate it tomorrow, right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> like what? We celebrate anything. <laughs> I have no idea what, how, what it is either. I was asking the producer, what is Labor Day? He like, I don't know. Probably from Europe. Probably from Europe. Those white folks, huh? Come up with something. Um, <laughs> do you know what it is? I have no idea. You have no idea? No. <laughs> do you know? Oh, tell us. Hold on a minute. Isn't that for um, people who work? <laughs> I, it's a holiday. It sounds like it, the word labor means work, I think. Yeah, it's, it's whoever is working. Work, working person's day. A working person day. Yeah. But we take it off, though. Yeah, because... <laughs> It, Maybe it's an off-working person day. It's a blessing to have a working man. Oh, it is? It is. Oh. I think. So no, I'm not the only one that's no. You, you're not sure. How did that come about? Um, I used to have that day in my country, too. Uh -huh. That's how I know there is a day like that. Oh. That's interesting. John, you know what it is? Labor Day? Not exactly, but I knew it had to do with something about uh, uh, working. And, but you don't, that's all you know? But you don't know we, how it came about and all that stuff. I wonder if Pat, yes. I have it. I just Googled it. She's right. <laughs> it's uh, a public holiday uh, festivities held in honor of working people in the U.S. and Canada on the first Monday of blah, 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 blah. Oh. It's an American federal holiday. <laughs> It's for uh, people that are working. Oh, it's amazing how we celebrate these holidays. Don't really know how they came about or what they are for, huh? Because I just wondered today. I, I wasn't for sure if it was Memorial Day or Labor Day. I was like you. I was thinking maybe we're supposed to be celebrating the troops or something. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one that didn't know. Yeah, Pat. Uh, I'm almost 100% sure it was put together by the labor unions as a as a way for to kind of force people to honor labor unions. Oh, that's how it came about. Yeah. Oh, I see. So it was a union organized day. Well, I'm glad to have it all, whatever it's for. <laughs> Time for barbecue. Yes, sir. Uh, I had an incident yesterday. I remember I had asked you, I had told you like several times I didn't feel like I resented my mom. Yeah. But she's in town now, and the other day uh, I was uh, kind of laying down resting while listening to this one particular uh, uh, preacher. And my mind told me, your mom doesn't approve of this preacher, so uh, you better shut it off. But anyways, I kept listening, and she came in the room, and she, and she looked at the uh, computer, and she went, mm, mm, mm. Boy, you still listen to him? And... Uh, Right away, I. Is there a problem with this mic? Is it on? But you can't hear anything? Maybe you need to flip a switch on in the studio somewhere. Uh, take his mic, uh, John. Again, the mic's worked out here, folks. Go ahead, John. Okay, I, I was saying that um, I felt like I didn't have any resentment for my mom. Right. 
And uh, when the other day I was listening to uh, this particular uh, preacher, and in my mind it said, you better shut this off because your mom doesn't approve of this guy. But anyways, I kept listening, and she came in the room a few seconds later, and she looked at the computer and goes, she went, mm, mm, mm. Boy, you still listen to him? <laughs> and I got a burst of energy, and I, I jumped out the bed, and I go, uh, what's the problem? And she goes, boy, uh, You ready to take her down, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and uh, uh, she said, boy, that, that, that man hates, hates women. He called women the devil. I said, no, that's not true. He don't say that. And she said, yes, she does. <laughs> and I said, uh, no. I said, uh, you're, you're misinformed. And we kind of, like, got into this uh, argument, and she was saying, well, let me hear what he's saying. And uh, I said, no, you don't need to do that. Uh, but that whole incident kind of showed me that I still had, like, some resentment because yeah. I remember it made me seem like I was the ad- adolescent and she was, like, the parent. Yeah. I'm 52 years old, and I was acting like I was 13. And, um, and it made me, like, think about, like, forgiveness, that I do want to forgive her. And I guess I got to keep sitting still and uh, wait for God to, to help me with that. Right. And it also reminded me that my mom used to send us to church on Easter. And uh, I remember I seeing these people jump up and down and run down the alleyway. The, uh, right. And I would be coming home from... Uh, uh, junior high school, I think I was about 13, I remember thinking, well, when is God going to strike me like that so I can <laughs> be happy and run up and down the, uh, and, and, and be saved, right? Yeah. And I also remember, uh, this brought back the memory that I, I remember thinking, why did, my mo- oh, did God give me this mom? I had another friend that his mom used to let him get away with all kind of stuff. And uh, I used to say, man, I wish I had that mom. <laughs> and uh, then I remember thinking in the reading in the Bible that it said obey your mom. I mean, obey your parents. And I was thinking, well, why does God want us to obey your parents? But my whole point, why I'm saying this, is that it seemed like salvation is tied into like forgiving your parents. And then that incident with my mom, I'm thankful that she's there because it made me realize, oh, you still have this resentment yes. uh, towards her. Very good point, John. Salvation is tied into forgiving your parents. It is relate, inter, intertwines together because I remember when I had wanted salvation too. And I grew up somewhere like in a Baptist church where people would go to church on Sunday morning and they'd be like shouting and all happy and running and yelling and screaming. I didn't realize until later they were running from Satan. You know, it wasn't God there. Uh, but, uh, and I used to say, wow, why can't I do that? And I used to want to do it so badly, man. Yeah. I mean, one time I almost made myself do it. I'm glad I didn't because it felt funny. But it wasn't until I was able to forgive my father and mother, but especially my mother, that salvation came. I was able to enter in. Uh, this is woman, uh, Brianna. She's a, a, a singer, right? Rihanna. 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 Whatever she is. Uh, Rihanna. No, that's all right. I don't need it. Go back, John. But uh, Rihanna, she is a, a, a rapper, singer kind of a woman. And she was being interviewed by Oprah recently. And she and this guy, Chris Brown, had gone through all this stuff. They had this fight. And they made Chris Brown look really bad, like he was the bad guy. And in his interview, she said she really felt bad for him because they put everything on him. It made him, made the guy look like he was at all fault, you know. And she said she felt really badly for him. But she said that um, she forgave her father. And when she forgave her father, because she was looking at the relationship between she and this guy, Chris Brown, and it was just a rocky, shaky relationship. And that she had somehow, I don't ha- I'm not word for word on this. I'm kind of telling you about the story. But she said that all of her relationships were bad with men. You know, she did, did not have a good relationship with men. And... So what she did was she started to look at her relationship with her father. And when she forgave her father, she forgave all men. It's like her whole life changed once she forgave her father. And that's where salvation is. When I forgave my father, my mother, my whole world changed. The resentment for the world left. And I have no resentment for anyone 
doesn't matter what I go through. As of this day, I can't feel resentment for anybody. It doesn't come anymore. So it is connected to the parents, and especially the father, but both parents, because uh, God has ordained it that way, especially with the father. You can't love God and hate your father. You can't love God and hate your mother either, but especially your father. It is connected to that. And when God said, honor your parents, he doesn't mean let them run over you, make a fool of you, and make you feel like a little kid, and just don't hate them. Be honest with them and don't resent them. And it's hard for a lot of people to do that because they do resent their parents. But it's absolutely connected. And I'm glad you see that with your mother. Another thing I noticed is that even people in the world, the way, another thing that I noticed is that even people in the world, they can represent your parents because it seems like the way you react to them, you're reacting to them with anger or resentment, that's like the same as reacting to your parents. Yes, I mean, you are. You, that's right. That same spirit is in them, your parents, is in them, and it make it, it's causing you to react that way. Okay. Yeah, and another thing, um, I noticed that when I was young, I would try to tell her certain things yeah. when I was, like, in my teenage years, and she would... When I would get into a disagreement with her, she would, she was, I mean, mainly about preachers, and she would say, "Boy, that man is called by God." And then I would get like so upset because I guess because I wanted her approval at the time. Yes. And it seemed like now when she irritates me, it's always like she can be like talking about God or be saying like something uh, about the scripture or something, and then it's like nagging me, but it's like. Some, some godly stuff, and I still get that irritation. Yeah, that's beautiful. So that's something else I need to, like, overcome. So I'm glad that she's here. Because, yes. You know, she shouldn't, like, affect me like that. No. Still, you should be age. able to be around her and not feel any of that at all. And the fact that you do is because you have not forgiven her. Yeah. And my mother's the same way, man. When I would be around my mother or other women that would have the same spirit, I would literally feel like a little boy. And as I like, I go to feel like a kid. I couldn't really be straight up with her. I felt like a kid as an adult dealing with women and especially my mother. Yes. But as long as you are watching that and allowing that to happen and don't judge yourself, don't hate it, don't run from it, run toward it, just let it be, it'll change just like that. Yeah. Because you're becoming conscious of it now. And if your mother's there, she's bringing it out of you. And so you're blessed that you can see that. Yeah, I'm glad that she's here, so I got an yeah. opportunity. Because for years, she would come around, and I, didn't, I wasn't able to see that. So. That's right. So God is helping you right now to see that. That's good. Okay. All right. That is great, man. Okay. That's something else. I was talking to a, a, a friend of mine yesterday, and he said he had this friend. And his friend is about 60 years old, and they were out somewhere. And the, and the mother came, drove up in a car. He and the friend were just talking, and the man sounded really tough and manly. And the mother drove up in the, in the car, and the guy went over to the car to see what she wanted. And he turned to a little boy. His wow. whole demeanor yeah. changed in front of his mother, like a 60-year-old man turned into a kid. And he was, like, blown away. He's like, wow. So he asked him, like, are you afraid of your mother or something? And he's like, yeah, I am. So that mother still had that control of, over him. And he's married, too. Right. Mary, she had, in that spirit something else? That's yeah. a, that spirit is something else. Yeah, mine went the other direction. It came out like in the form of aggression. Yeah. But like you say, it could come out in the form of submission. Right. It could go either way. Yeah. But aggression is submission too because yeah. it's still, she's still controlling you. Yeah. That's yeah. good, man. Just watch it. You're on your way. All right. You're absolutely on your way. All right. Can anybody else relate to that? How mama made you feel like a kid? Does that happen to you, Sonia? Uh, I don't, because I never heard women say mama made them feel like a kid. I always hear it from the guys. Does you get that feeling around your mother? Have you ever got that? Not lately, but I used to get that feeling. Yeah. Like a little kid? Yeah. Tell me about it. I used to get really irritated, and we would just get into a big argument because she's like, um, very condescending. Yeah. She says a lot of underhanded things. 
And I noticed what he noticed. I reacted to other women like that. Yeah. Like when they, any woman that's like says underhanded things and it really irritated me. Or sometimes we got into it with each other. I just couldn't stand to be around those kind of women. Yeah. And even to this day, I just, I feel something comes up inside of me. Wow. And I'm still trying to figure out because I sat down with my whole family and I forgave all of them. And for some reason, my mother doesn't, we don't have that same relationship we used to have, like, when we get angry at each other. Yeah. But for some reason, certain women, I, I can feel a pull on me that's it's coming up, like, it recently happened to me, like, at work. and At work? Uh, at work. Uh-huh. This, this uh, woman kept constantly asking me the same thing over <laughs> over and over, like, every day. Yeah. And finally, I kind of got irritated. And I was, the way I raised my hands, I said, okay. It's almost like I, I, the way, I almost want to choke her. Yeah. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I had to calm down. I was like, okay, let me calm down. And the next day, she was just smiling at me. She didn't have nothing to say to me. I was like, oh. Oh my God. Why did you at, tell her? Why did you speak up before it became irritating to you? Because I all you know, had to do was speak up. At first, I was just a little irritated. I'm like, okay, whatever. And I then, mean, but after, the fact that she was doing this every day, like on the second or the third day, you could have said, you know. On the third day, that's when I really got irritated. Oh, why not on the second day? You could have said, well, you know what? You need to stop asking me this. I get well. I don't want to make excuses, but while I was walking out, I was on the phone with somebody, and she asked me something, and I, I kind of had a little bit of an attitude but I was I, while I was on I was on the phone with somebody while I was walking out. Right. But that uh, day. Yeah. That's amazing. She has she hasn't said anything else to me. She hasn't? No. <laughs> you probably I'm scared of this woman. Let me <laughs> let me bag away. But, so, so But I'm still trying to figure out why that irritation is there after I forgave all of them and I really meant it. Uh-huh. I mean the, I forgave my like my whole family. Right. So why is that still there? Yeah, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it, it tugs on me. Oh, okay. Interesting. It tugs on me. I got to write it down because I don't make a point about it. That's good. And you like to, you believe that there's a way to live where it doesn't bother you at all. Right. Okay. There he is. There's a way to live where it doesn't bother you at all. Can you relate to what she's saying? Uh, relate to what she's saying. So. Oh, you never had a relationship with your father and mother or yeah, mother? Correct. Why, why not? I was raised with grandparents. Oh, so. and where were your parents? Um, out here. Oh, I see. Yes, yeah, so They was left you back somewhere else. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. um, I mean, forgiveness is this thing that you, at some given point, you forgive your parents, but I never really had a good relationship with them. So. Yeah. Have you forgiven them yet? Yeah. So that how do you know you've forgiven them? Um, I can stand in a room and I don't have resentment towards them. I'm not angry and pissed oh, at them anymore. So yeah, that's um, a good sign. Yeah, that's a for good sure. sign that I, I'm not. I don't want to strangle any one of them. So I can <laughs> actually have a good conversation, and so that's how I know I've forgiven them. But yeah. wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's nice. It's amazing what our parents are doing to us, huh? I don't want any more parents. Exactly. <laughs> parents are trouble. No. Can you relate to what they're saying? Um, about mother? Yeah. Parents, period. Parents, yes. Yeah? Yeah. You, you, get, you feel like a kid around your parents? Around my dad, not around my mom. How do you feel around your mother? Um, my mother always treated us um, as an adult. Oh. She would never go to us like, you're a kid, you should act like a kid. Right. Um, I mean, everything with my mother, our childhood was, everything was in place. If we were a child, we were a child. When we grew up, then we were grow up, grown yeah. up people. Yeah, but my my father always treated us as uh, um, small uh, girls, me and my sister. Yeah. Yeah, so. So now you feel like a girl around, a kid around your father? There are some stuff I wouldn't dare to do when my father is around. Oh, good. Or... I wouldn't dare to say. Is it bad stuff? No. Oh, what type of stuff you wouldn't say around your father? Um. You wouldn't curse or something like that? No, no, not about that. No, no, I'm not talking about bad stuff. But um, 
interacting with people, there are certain um, certain limit I can oh. be when my father is around. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Is that a good thing? When I look back now, it is a good thing. Oh, okay. When I see children around around me, small children right. that, in my family right now, that is a good thing. I would love my child to be like I was around my father. Yeah. I was talking to, it's funny, I talked to a lot of folks. This guy told me that his sister, his brother-in-law, you know, over the years he'd been trying to understand why his brother-in-law will not stand up to his sister. He's, this guy is married to his sister, right? And he said that he and his brother have been talking about it. Why, do, why doesn't he stand up to my sister? Why does he allow? He just won't function. He won't speak up. She treats him all kind of ways, and he just doesn't stand up for himself. And so he said that he would think, well, maybe he's gay or something. <laughs> why does he stand up? And so he started to talk to his brother-in-law about the situation, asking, why don't you stand up? You know, what's wrong with you? Why do you let her do you like this? And after conversating with his uh, brother-in-law, he realized his brother-in-law was married to his mother because he realized his sister was just like her mother and the brother-in-law was married to that. And he's like, putting all these things together. It's amazing what comes to you, like what's happening with John. Once you really start looking at things and kind of questioning and look at things and want to know, it is amazing what is revealed to you when you really, really want to know. And, uh, but a lot of people don't have that know-how to really look at themselves or ask questions just to try to get an understanding of what's really going on. And that's what we need to be doing. To, to, to seek the kingdom of God is the most important thing you can be doing in life, seeking him, looking at what is right. And most people don't put first things first. You've got to put that first in order to discover even what John was talking about. You've got to put it first. Yes, ma'am. Um, when you were asking um, Sonia why she wouldn't stand up the first or second time and she... Yeah, why, why does she have to wait until she gets angry? Because you see when people are out of control before you get angry. Why not stand up before you get mad? Um, I... I just look at back, look back um, what I have done. I never uh, stood up because I thought this. If I ignore the bad act or action they are doing, they would get that it doesn't affect me. Yeah. But then um, by ignoring it, they started doing more and more and more, That's right. and they ruined my inside upside down more and more and more. And That's at right. the end, I did not have a bit of um, courage to stand up for myself. Uh huh. So. Oh, beginning you before the anger, you didn't have that courage to stand up, and you thought by not speaking up, it would go away. When I had the, the courage stop. to stand up, I would ignore it, thinking yeah. that. Okay, these people doesn't even need an attention to feel themselves good that they're doing something bad that is affecting on me. Yeah. That time I had the courage to do it, the first, second, third time. But once I started ignoring them, they did it more, more and, and more. It, it ruined me more. Yeah. And so are you speaking, speaking up now? You find yourself speaking up more? No. You still won't speak up? To certain people. But not to everybody. And why not to everybody? Um... I don't know. I'm asking that question to myself, too. I really don't know. Are you going Probably. to be a coward? It's because you're a coward. I am. I understand oh. I am. I really understand I am. But I can't, I can't go against what I just don't want to do or cannot do. Oh, so just in your nature to be that way, you can't, go, you can't rise above that. I have to have this certain type of power to stand up, but that's not coming from the right place. Yeah. Wow. Are you, how do you feel being a coward? What does that feel like? Oh, that, I start hating myself. Yeah. See, you're just adding to it. You got to learn to just, well, you can't learn to just speak up because you got to do it naturally. It has to be, uh, you have to come naturally. That way you would do it with love instead of with hate. Um, we have any more cowards here? Oh, we do? Really? Jesse, when it's around, um, when it's around lots of people, you don't have. I, I don't have that courage. If that person is alone, yeah. I can confront that person. How many and how much ever. If they're by themselves. Yeah. But, but if they're with there other are people. Lots of people around me. <laughs> they don't know me. 
they're gonna think I'm just one this one person that brings fight to everywhere they go. Yes. They, they wouldn't think, right, that I'm they, this person did something that I'm talking that way to that person, and I don't like that. So you would be concerned about what the crowd would think about you yes. if you spoke up in a crowd. Yes. That's amazing. I understand it though. I totally understand it. Let me just take this hand and then I come. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was wondering about, um, I know there's two situations. One, you're supposed to, you know, you can't speak up to every situation. Right. Right. And so it's kind of hard to know where, nothing's black and white, you know what I mean, in regards to that sort of uh, the situations, one from another that you let go and the one that you that you uh, address. And because they both make you angry, right? Or they try to make you angry, right. both of them. So you really don't know which ones to let go and which ones to speak up to. I understand. Because if you enjoy speaking up a little bit too much, that's not good either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. I know. I see people do that too. They say speak up. And so now they're just going around speaking up everywhere, looking like idiots, speaking up to everything. They're like, what are you doing? You know, there's a time not to speak up, too. But you don't know when those moments are, right? That's what you're saying. You can't tell. I don't know. There's exactly. The difference, um, you know, because if you sit there and go, oh, okay, this is a big issue. This affects <laughs> me like this. Therefore, um, that's not something I'm going to put up with. All right. I've got to address this very uh, promptly <laughs> and very effectively. <laughs> And I've got, I've got to make oh, them know God. this is serious. So that's a little bit too much thinking, you know what I mean? Yeah, by the time you figure it all out, the situation is over. Exactly. <laughs> and then you could be, and then, oh, <laughs> you could be angry. You could get angry <laughs> because you, you try to let something go that you, yeah. that you thought you should let go. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, and then you're like, wait a minute, I should have spoke up to that. I know. <laughs> I can totally relate, man. <laughs> That's a lot of work, trying to get something out. Yes, you, you can relate? Oh, I could relate, but I have an interesting, interesting situation because I think I'm a bit of a coward myself also, but I think I'm like the reverse coward <laughs> in the sense that when I was younger, I kind of had, um, I was the adult. So it's like I always uh, troubleshoot and solve problems, and in a way it's like I have that need to, feel like I'm in control, it's yeah. like an insecurity. So what I've had to learn is kind of not to get involved sometimes or not to say anything. Yeah. So it's like I have the opposite problem. I wow. like speaking up too much. Yeah. But I think to me it's a, it's the same kind of cowardly and kind of insecurity. Reverse. At the root, yes. That's right. Very good point. Lord have mercy. Yes, ma'am. I was looking for acceptance from either one person or a group of people. But once I let go of, you know, thinking I'm a good person and why, why are they treating me bad or why are they saying bad things to me? And yeah. once I stopped trying to figure all that out and why are they like this and I just <laughs> stopped, I forgave them, say, okay, you know, you make mistakes, Deborah, so they're going to make mistakes. So, and once I forgave them and then later on I met up with this person um, that did wrong to me and the words were just, I was just normal with them. And yes. The words came out of my mouth and That's right. later when I was by myself, I was like, wow, I won. Right. <laughs> I wasn't able to be uh, uncomfortable uh, around them. Good. Yeah. And the words just came out in just a normal conversation. And later on, I was like, wow, you know, I was able to be normal with her. I didn't hate her. I didn't resent her for the things that she had did to me. And I was happy. So well, one thing for sure, one thing for sure, if you, if you need approval from anyone, yeah. if you need validation from anyone, you're not going to be able to speak up to them. Yeah. Unless you're mad, you're going to do it in the wrong way. And then you, once you do it in the wrong way, now you're mad at yourself because you know that you're still being controlled. You spoke up in the wrong way. Yeah. There is, as of this day, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. There is not one person that's walking this earth that I'm aware of that I need approval from, so I'm not afraid to speak up to them. 
But I know what you mean. Before I let go of my anger, I would not speak up to certain people because I, I wanted to be liked by them. You know, you want to look a certain kind of way. And then when I was dating, there was no way I was going to speak up to my woman unless I was angry at her. Because you know how women are, they'll take away everything. And then they'll go quiet on you. And I didn't want to be bothered with all that. But now I don't care. I really, and when I say I don't care, it doesn't bother me. I can speak up to them because when I forgave, you know, stopped resenting, then I'm made free. And, and, and my source now is not a physical thing or a person. It's God in me. And, and he gives me to know how to speak up in the right way. But you got to let that anger go so that that can happen. Absolutely. Frank, you, uh, you say you have problems speaking up sometimes? I used to. Not anymore. Oh, not now. Oh, I thought you said you did now. Because I asked people who, who has it now. Okay. Uh, you know, one thing I realized is that, you know, John, you were talking about the pain in your body. Yes. And, and uh, again, tell me about the pain. What does it feel like? Where, do, where does it come from? Well, we was talking about uh, I don't like the fact that I have all these uh, challenges in life, and um, I kind of want things to be smooth, right. and not uh, have all these like bumps in the road. And, oh, and then you were just talking about being a coward, and I kind of raised my hand because it seemed like uh, I don't really like want to face things. I just when something comes up, I goes, "Oh God, here we go again. Here's another problem." And, uh, <laughs> So that's like kind of like cowardly, uh, yeah. but it seems like the pain is is in my mind, and uh, well, sometimes I can kind of feel it in my body. Yeah. Um, and then earlier, I guess before the start of the show, I was talking to Frankie. We we was having a discussion, and he was talking about suffering, and uh, he was saying you got to come to the present. But I told him that it seemed like you can come to the present for a moment, and then you go. And after that, seems like that presence leaves, or that moment yeah. leaves, and then you're back with in that world of all these problems and challenges. Yeah. And. And you don't like that. No, I don't. Seem like I don't accept it. I just uh, resent it or regret it or. So you want a life without challenges? Well, some not. You don't want all, as many. As many as. And you don't want them every day. I don't want them all the time. <laughs> So maybe we, I'm just being honest. Yeah, no, I, you should be. I appreciate that. Maybe we should talk to God about that. Maybe we could, like, work out a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, which days are best for you? <laughs> He'll work with you. <laughs> You're like, I want a break on these days. Maybe not on, you want yours on the weekend or during the weekdays? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> I know. Um, how do I put this? One thing I realize is that everything is an illusion. Nothing that we see is real. Do you realize that? Everything is an illusion. It's not real. Even death is an illusion. Uh, if you notice... People, places, and things are here today and gone tomorrow. Friendships are here today and gone tomorrow. Familyships are here today and gone tomorrow. You can meet a person on the first night at the club and, and be absolutely in love. Have you notice that? You're like, oh, bubbly eyes, the, the birds are singing, the music is playing. You go home that night and you think about that person and you can't wait. And nowadays, people up in the midnight texting now each other with that with their love. <laughs> but you're all in love, and and you can't wait. You know, anybody ever gone through that? Yes. Just totally in love, right? And then in a in a month or so, all that love is gone. Have you noticed that? Yes. It fades away. It's like it was an illusion. It wasn't really real. It fades away. And now reality is there, and you're looking at this person wondering, what in the world was I thinking? <laughs> All the beauty is gone. You know, in my own experience, I used to think when I first meet the woman, I'm like, wow, she's so sexy. 
you know, so feminine, just what I'm looking for, right? And then about a month, all the sexiness that God, all you see is an angry face. And you're like, oh my God. It faded away because it was an illusion. It was not real. It, sometimes it can happen the next morning. But it's like everything is an illusion. Even as the family is real, but our relationship with the family is an illusion. That's why it fades away too. It doesn't really last. It should last, but because of the God that we serve, uh, it doesn't last. Everything is illusion. And I say that to say the pain that you're having is not real either. It's an illusion. And the pain that you're having is not coming from the challenges themselves. A challenge cannot give you pain. It's the way you think about it that brings the pain on. And what you're not aware of is that there's a good and an evil. There are two identities and you have, a, have identified with the, with the evil identity. It's made a home in your fleshly body. This is out of you. And you have identified with that. And so what it does, every time a challenge comes, it tells you something about it. And you overreact to that situation. And, and the moment you overreact to it, even if you think so badly, so think that if you think that it's a bad thing, that's an overreaction, right? Or if you think that it's a good thing, it's still an overreaction. So you're overreacting without realizing it, and it's bringing that pain in your body like that. That's what it's not. It's the unconscious state that you're in that is bringing on your pain. It's not the challenge itself. But because you don't see this thing, this thing that brings pain to your body, you have identified with it. It feels like you. It talks like you. It sounds like your voice telling you this. You're believing this lie and it's bringing on the pain. But the real you is at peace. The real, the, the real, real you, see, we are a spirit created in God's image, right? But because of our, the situations we go through when we were kids, and most of the time with our parents, and especially with our mothers, our mothers tend to take away our identity by imposing her will upon us. And then we tend to resent that as a kid. And when you resent it, you become like your mother. You take on the identity of your mother. That's why you hear a lot of guys say, oh, I feel like I married my mother. You know, mama's in control. And I even heard women say, I married my mother. When they married a man, they married mama because mama's spirit is in them too. And so what you're doing is you have identified with the wrong voice. And that's what brings the pain to your body. But it's really not who you are at all. The real you don't feel that kind of pain. And so you have to start watching that. Challenges do not bring an illusion. They come and go like the wind. But the way you react to them and the way you think about them is what bringing that pain in your body. The idea that, oh, I don't want these challenges, right? That's bring on pain because you're judging it and you're listening to the voice of Satan and he's making you feel that pain in your body. It's not really who you are at all. It's not reality, it's an illusion. And so that's why when you, when you can face yourself, you rise in consciousness, you take on the mind of God, then you start listening to that voiceless voice, and in his voice, there is no pain, it's all love, and you start to grow in that. But you got to switch the voices that you listen to. I'll watch for that. Yeah. I noticed that one of my favorite uh, sayings when I, I face a problem that I don't want to face is, I go, I hate this life. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's what he wants you to do. The deceiver that's made a home in your mind, that's why God said we need to renew our minds from within. And by being aware of that and knowing that this is not really who you are, even Paul talked about that when he said the things I want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. I realize that something else has made a home in me, and he's made a home inside of your mind, and he makes you feel this body, this uh, pain in your body. It has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with you. You're not in control of it. You're not creating the thoughts about it. The thoughts are controlling you, it, and you don't see what's going on. So if you want to overcome this, you've got to be aware of it. You've got to stand still long enough to see what's going on, then it'll start to change. 
because it's God who is allowing you to see it, and he will remove that spirit from you. But most people think that these thoughts that they're having are their thoughts. They think that they are creating those thoughts. They think that they can control those thoughts, but they can't. They absolutely can't. You gotta be, we are not in control of anything. And the more you try to control, to control things, the worse you become. It's like parents with their children. The more they try to will or control their children, you notice they become worse. The kids get worse. And by the time they turn teenagers, they're out of control. Because you can't control people. You have to be, be controlled, either by good or by evil. And right now, evil is controlling you. That's why I tell you, oh, you're feeling this way because of your challenges. If the challenges should go away, then you wouldn't feel that way. It's not true. If you're listening to the wrong voice, and this voice is judging every situation as good or bad, is judging it as right or wrong, and both are wrong. You want to watch that so you don't. It's not the situation. It's the believing a lie in your head. That voice that sounds like yours. I was talking to a professional person the other day, a scientist. And he said that he had this out-of-body experience. He was asleep one night, asleep. And that uh, he was sleeping. And all of a sudden, he found himself out in a field somewhere. And he said that uh, uh, the heavens opened up. And when the heavens opened up, uh, there was some kid, another guy standing next to him. And there was another guy who seemed to be over them. And he said this, uh, this choir came, appeared from heaven and started singing. And he said the music was so perfect and so beautiful, he was just blown away by it. And he said that when he saw all these people together, that he wanted to go to them and touch them. He said he, he wanted to touch the ladies first, though. I said, <laughs> he wanted to touch the female. I said, why did you want to touch the females? He said because he realized that's his earthly nature, you know, his relationship with women. He, he realized that that's what that was about. But he wanted to touch them, but as close as he got to them, he realized it, it really, there was no real it wasn't a body person. It was just, it was identities. It was spirits, and, but it wasn't in a flesh. And he couldn't touch them. He said, but what he noticed about them is that as he got closer to them, that they were singing, but there were no words coming out of their mouth. They were not moving their mouth when they were singing, while singing. But he could understand the music. He could understand what they were saying. They were perfect. And, but he realized it had no voice. It was like, it was like a knowing. It was like he can understand it without words. And he's not, he wasn't into that kind of thing before, you know, until he had that experience. And he realized that, and he went on about it, beautiful story and absolutely believable. But he realized that that's the way God's voice is. God's voice is a voiceless voice. It's a knowing. It's a, it's a doing without knowing why you're doing it. It just makes sense. It's clear to you. And that's the voice you need to start, that we all have to listen to, is that voiceless voice. And that way you'll stop listening to Satan's voice and the pain in your body will go away. It will, it'll fade away because we, you're listening to the wrong voice. And people have taught us, oh, I heard the voice of the Lord. And the voice told me this. I'm like, where's that voice coming from? In my head. I'm like, that's the wrong voice. If he's talking to you and it sounds like your voice, He's quoted scriptures and carrying on. I would look the other way. But we have that knowing in us to know the truth. And that knowing, it corrects us, but not with the pain in your body in the way that you feel. He just allows you to see that you're wrong and it change, the situation changes just like that. And it's all with love. It's a spiritual thing. It's all with love. So watch out for that. Uh, anybody else listen to that voice in their head? Yeah. You're the only one. James is the only one. Yeah, it's not going to work, folks, I'm telling you. You must, that's why God said, my children shall know my voice. My, my children will know my voice. Satan's children know his voice, but they don't realize that it's the voice of Satan. And it never works, and it never will work. It's all an illusion. It's an illusion. And God wants us to only love him with all our heart, soul, and might. And when we love him, we'll love other people the way he loves us. 
and this illusion starts to fade away. Your false relationship with people, places, and things start to fade away, and you become freer and freer and freer. And then you're in the world and not of it. But that body, that pain that you're having in your body is all ego, and it's coming straight out of hell. It has nothing to do with love. It has nothing to do with God. No one is to blame. Your challenges are not to blame. It's your relationship with evil, with ego. And ego is all evil. Fear is ego. And if you notice with Satan, if you pay attention to him, he brings you pain. He brings pain unto you by reminding you of something you did in the past and then making the future look hopeless almost. And he'll make it look hopeless or give you a false illusion of the, of the truth, of, of the so-called future. But you're feeling this and experiencing it, and it doesn't even exist. It's an illusion. Everything is an illusion. But the blind people can't see that. And that's why they have the wrong relationship with these things, and life is just hell. And for most people, life is just getting worse and worse and worse. It's not getting better. Yeah. yeah I, I can remember um, there was a time when I kind of hated to see the uh, sun come up um, when I was kind of into the wrong things. But uh, I remember Martin saying something that every day is a is a is a chance to become more conscious. Yes. And also to repent and uh, or oh, and to forgive. So. Yeah. So I'm starting to look, try to look at things like that. You know. Every situation. Every issue is an opportunity to show your relationship with God. That's what it's happening for. It's to be an expression of love so he can work through you to show love. But people are taking it all wrong. They take it personally. They overreact. And all you see is hate. You don't see love. All in the name of Jesus. And they'll quote the scriptures until the cows come home. And as soon as the situation comes, they lose it just like that. It's bad. And I'm telling you, families are catching hell from this right now. It's only getting worse instead of getting better because the truth is not, it's not lived. People are not living that truth. You got to overcome evil. You got to forgive so you can rise above this control and you, that Satan has on you. You mentioned that uh, right away you go into your imagination with the situation. Like you, you could be conscious for a while. And then you go into you come into you fall into your fallen state, your ego state. Yes. And you go unconscious, and it's hard to see again. It's like yeah. now you're back in darkness, and everything is there, right? Yeah, I was saying, uh, uh, Francisco was saying earlier. You know, you need to stay in the moment. Yes. I have conversations in your head, but it seemed like you only could be in the moment for so long, and then you're back into whatever situations you have. To yes. Face, you know. What happens is you become unconscious without realizing you're falling back into that unconscious state because you got to grow and become more aware of what's going on. And what you want to be aware of is what you're thinking. You want to be able to stand back from that, not you, and be aware of it. That spirit that made a homeless out of you, you want to be aware of that. And God will help you be aware of that. So when you do fall into a, a state of unconsciousness, even though you're feeling this pain and going through it and you can't come out of it right away, at least you know you're unconscious. It has nothing to do with the situation. It has nothing to do with the people around you. Even with the anger that you felt for your mother, it really has nothing to do with her. It's just that you went unconscious because Satan reminded you of something she did in the past to you and you believed it and went back unconscious and that's where the problem was. Had you been able to just see it, but don't fall in, into the darkness of your imagination, you would not have felt the pain and all that kind of stuff. So what you're saying is that whenever we're thinking, we're becoming unconscious. Yes. Okay. The worst thing you can do in life is get into your thoughts. Because those thoughts are not your thoughts. You don't create them. You, you don't make them up. You, I mean, they're coming from, even the Bible says, you know, I think the question was asked, where are these thoughts coming from? And, in the Bible, it says no one knows. They're like the wind. They come and go. But yet people take them as though they're their own thoughts. And that's where the problem is. You're not your thoughts. You don't create thoughts. How many people think they create thoughts? You don't. So why believe them? 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like they're tricky because it sounds like it sounds like you. Um, but like you're saying, you're plus we've been told we need these thoughts. We, we've been told you need to start thinking. <laughs> you need to think about what you're doing. You don't need to think about what you're doing. You need to wake up. You need to be guided by the light, the love of God, instead of by the darkness of Satan, your imagination. That's what you need. Yes, sir. You know, what I was speaking about earlier is that um, Paul had this, um, this infirmity. He had a thorn in his side, and he cried out to God, prayed for God to take it away. And God answered him back, says, no, I'm not taking this away from you. Um, you know, like God talks to somebody. He, he talked to him, told him that it was for his, uh, um, so that he always cry out to him. And when, when Paul heard that, God, uh, Paul said that every infirmity and every sickness and every calamity, I cry, uh, I'm happy for that. And he, he was actually thankful for the pain and thankful for the torment and all the other things he was going through because um, it made him, I mean, he understood himself. He understood that it, it was good for him. That's a good point. What it is, like when you say thankful, it doesn't mean you're jumping up and down like, oh, God, thank you for the pain. I'm like, right on, God. You know, not like that. You just don't resent it. Just know that this suffering that you're going through is going to bring you to a better point in life, a better place. But if you judge it, if you resent it, it's going to take you deeper into darkness. That's what it means. It just, just don't, you're not supposed to be complaining about anything in life. You're supposed to be just living your life. And if you can see, if you're born again into this, the, the, heaven, the kingdom of heaven within, you will not complain about life. And life is constantly changing. Situations are constantly changing. People are here today, gone tomorrow. Situations are this way or gone. And if you just live your life, you're like just living and not being affected by it in a negative way. But if you like what John want to make an appointment with God and say, well, you know, on Thursday, can I have a day off? Then it's not going to work. Every day in life, we should have peace. Every day, every situation, every day. It is not going to happen until you are born again, meaning until you can wake up and overcome the darkness of your imagination. Then you should have it. Christ has already put things in place. You know, Adam did what he did, messed everything up. It's been, it's been reversed already, but it's just that because people are angry and judgmental and unfriendly and dishonest and all that, they can't see the reality that everything is already put in place. We should be just living now and not going through all this hell that we're going through. You, only, you should be overcoming hell and not going through this hell the way it is. But people are so dishonest and mean and nasty and, and, and Christian. I mean, all in the name of Jesus. And they won't, I have never seen a society before where people will not take responsibility for their own action. They'll blame somebody else for, you made me do it. I'm doing this because you made me do it. I'm like, why the hell are you letting me control you like that? You're not controlling me. But if they say, you know what? I'm weak. It's me. You are not to blame for my action. Then you can be free. I promise you, no one is to blame. Now, our parents have a responsibility to live right and guide us in the right way to go. And after a while, we become adults. We are on our own. And then we forgive them for their failure. We are on our own. But there's not one person walking this earth that is to blame for the way you feel today as an adult. Not one. Somebody make you mad, that's your problem. Because if you had love, they can't make you mad. If you didn't have the wrong need for that person, they can't make you mad. If you didn't put that person in place of God, they can't make you mad. It's our relationship with people, places, and things that they are able to control us. And then people who love to control, they would go out of their way to try to control you. They'll cut their own throat trying to control you to get a reaction. Have you seen that? They love controlling. And they would just do any little thing to control. I'm like, this is absolutely mind-blowing. They would go, and I have literally seen people hurt themselves to try to control others, to get some attention, 
to do. I'm like, are you like crazy or what? But they don't know. They know not what they do because they're being controlled by the ego. And the ego is evil. The nature of Satan is like that. And he is dwell in you. And he made you do crazy things. That's why you must be born again. You got to wake up. I saw a hand somewhere. Yes. That's exactly what I was talking about. When they do, like, when they don't get your attention. Yes. When you're patient, saying you're not patient, but you're ignoring them. They do every single thing to get on your last nerve. Yeah. So how to deal with that kind of uh, situation? Because if you haven't stood up for you, then they're going to go even further. Right. To take you... To give you that anger. I say, be glad, as, as Francisco said earlier, be glad that that is happening so you can see your relationship with the situation. They are only, they are doing you a kind favor by uh, acting that way so you can see if you have love or hate in your heart. That it's a favor. They are doing you a kind favor. Hmm. They, don't, they don't think that. That's not their intention. But if you, if you saw it in the right way, you would realize that they're, they're doing you a favor. What if you don't see it in the right way? And then suffer and die. Okay. Because you will suffer. Just not do anything? Not tell that person that whatever you're doing is wrong? I mean, you should, uh, uh, you should speak. There's a time to speak up and a time not to speak up. Sometimes you may need to experience this so you can see what you, how you're dealing with it. And sometimes you need, oh, and sometimes you need to speak up. Uh, earlier, uh, someone was talking about they don't know when to speak up sometimes. They try to figure out when to speak up, when not to. If you don't know when to speak up, be quiet because you're going to speak up in the wrong moment. The, what you got to do is to overcome your anger so you can see clear. And when you can see by the love or the light of God within you, you always see when to speak up and when not to. There's not a conversation about it at all. You just see to do it and when to let it pass. But if you're trying to figure it out, you're operating in anger, you're operating in darkness, and that's why you do it in the wrong way. And Satan got you doing all this work. Oh, should I speak up now? Or should I wait till later? I know this is wrong, but I'm not sure. And by, the, by that time, the, the moment has passed. But overcome your anger, you will see when to speak up. And another thing I want to tell you is that one of the ways to know that you have a wrong relationship with people, places, and things, is if you start to lose it, lose the person or lose the place or lose the thing, and you feel something about it, you, it's your God. And so be glad for that loss because it's an awakening that you had the wrong relationship with it and let it go. Let it go. Because God doesn't want you to have that identity or attachment to anything on earth. Anything or anybody. If it's painful to lose, you need to let it go. Be glad of that. I had a guy told me the other day that he, he quit his job because his boss wasn't what he thought that his boss was. I'm like, are you a fool? <laughs> you quit your job because you judge your boss? Are you what he think you are? Are you what you think you are? But Satan made him do that. Satan made him judge the boss and quit his job. Can you get any foolish than that? When there are no jobs to find anyway, even if there were jobs, I'm not going to judge my fellow man to a point that I leave my job because I've judged a person. But that's what Satan does. Isn't that something? What you need is love. And I have to tell you, you can read the Bible until the cows come home. You can go to church until you're black and blue in the face. You can be a Republican or a Democrat until, until hell freezes over. You can, whatever. If you don't forgive, you're never going to have peace. You're never going to have peace on earth. you got to forgive, and you've got to forgive your parents first because they made you the way you are by causing you to resent them and losing your innocence and becoming like them. And now this battle going on with you and people who look alike, sound alike, and identify with. And that's why you can't really find, you can't really trust anybody. Because most people's hearts are wicked, and they'll turn on you just like that. And they can't help it because they have this anger in their heart, and they're controlled by the nature of Satan and don't know it. They want to be right, but they can't. But you got to forgive so you can get rid of this anger and learn to speak up without resenting and finally start living. 
You can live right here on earth with perfect peace, but you gotta be, you gotta repent. When you forgive others in your spirit, not with words, but in your spirit, when you forgive others, God will forgive you and make you free. He'll make you whole, but it's not going to happen until you forgive in your heart. It's just reality. Thank you for tuning in and thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND.